You're listening to One Sky, a UNC Keenan Flagler Business School podcast. Welcome to the One Sky podcast. My name is Ryan Carriker Ford. And I'm Meredith Tozer. Hi, everyone. My name is Robert Ayupi. I'm a second year at UNC Keenan Flagler, and I'm concentrating in operations and marketing. And I'm really excited to share my experiences in MBA so far. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here with Robert Ayupi and talking about spending your part of your first year and second year outside of the States while still working and, and taking classes. So we're just really excited to have you here and get some interesting perspectives from you on your experience at Keenan Flagler. Yeah, thank you, Meredith. It's, a, it's been a pleasure being part of, uh, of this. And I, I think it's a really cool project that you guys have going on. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to share my experiences being an international at the business school. Uh, yeah, glad to get this going. Yeah, I'm the only one in the U.S. right now. Ryan's joining us from Germany. And then where are you, Robert? Yeah, I'm in Kosovo. Uh, it's a small country in Southeast Europe. Total population about 1.8 million. So it would be comparable to like Delaware in the, in the States. Okay, so you are originally from Kosovo and you wound up coming to business school in North Carolina. So one, why? Two, how did you find out about the business school at Keenan Flagler? And the third part of the question is, can you kind of tell us your journey to getting to business school? So how about I start off with the journey first? So I grew up born and raised in Kosovo, went to, to a Turkish high school where we studied in English. It was an all English uh, school and then moved to, to the bachelor's and undergraduate degree from Rochester Institute of Technology. They had a campus in Kosovo. And so that was all in English too. And I got an American degree. And so going through that education in English really had me stay in touch with what, what the US education is all about. And, and I was hooked from, from the beginning. So right after graduating, I was looking at ways to really go into, into graduate school and, and exploring options, what's the best thing for me. While on that journey, I was working full-time ever since a kid, really, in my family business. My parents started a company in 1995, which is the year in which I was born. They started off really small. They owned some boutique shops selling women's clothing, and they didn't really have a business plan, didn't have an idea what's going on. They just, they had that entrepreneurial spirit, and so just... Years passed by and they kept growing and eventually they moved into selling sporting goods products. Initially, it was all, so Kosovo is a war-torn country, or at least it was back 20 years ago when I was growing up. Uh, there was a war here in 1999, fight for independence, which luckily through the aid of uh, all international players, the U.S. being the main one, we got independence and since 2008, things have been really improving drastically. And right now it's one of the safest countries in this region. And so going through that really, it's, it's a blessing in that it has shaped my character a lot. And, and then my parents just blossomed after, after the war and after the country got much better. And then the sporting goods stuff just really took off. International investors were looking to invest in Kosovo. Prosperity was, was growing and Around 2015, they ended up signing franchise deals with Intersport, which is the world's largest sporting goods retailer. Uh, they don't have a presence in the States, but outside of the States, they're, they're the largest uh, 
uh, retailer in, in that space. And so that's where really things took off. And ever since then, since 2015, I was working initially the register, dealing with customers. And then as we kept growing, I started moving into management, doing operation stuff, then took, all, took over the marketing department and I really got into business. Uh, so then I also, my uh, undergraduate degree was in management and I really got to, to sort of get the theoretical aspect of things. And after graduating, I was like, okay, this is a great, great opportunity for me to, to see what I can do for a graduate degree in, in the States. I just know I want to go to the States, didn't really know where. So then I started looking for options and uh, I found two great scholarships specifically tailored for uh, education in the States uh, and applied for them. And, and, I, and, I, and I got it, it was a tough process and it was also a difficult decision to make. So uh, I was really involved in the business and going, going to graduate school meant that uh, I had to sacrifice. So it was like an opportunity cost thing. Do I wanna do this? And I decided to take the long-term approach in that spending two years in the States would really be the right move for me going forward and it would pay off significantly over the long run. So that's how I ended up applying for the scholarship is administered by the Kosovo American Education Fund. It's a great experience overall. They, they cover living expenses through stipends and uh, they cover tuition and they sponsor about five students every year. And I was lucky to, to be awarded the scholarship. Then they gave me choices of about three schools to apply to. I had UNC, I had Austin McCombs and I had Syracuse. Looking at those three, uh, initially I preferred the yeah, Longhorns. I wanted to be a Longhorn in Austin. I really liked the city. But then after admissions interview, after to talking to a few people going to school there, I just started to get into UNC more and more. And finally, after the interview, decided that UNC is a school for me. So that's a long I answer to your we, question. No, I think we all have had <laughs> um, journeys to getting to Keenan Flagler, right? You, you apply to a bunch of schools, hoping kind of things work out and then you interview and figure out where you, where you fit. So yeah. we're glad you're, you're with us and, and not with the Longhorns. Uh, I, I'm glad they're missing out on having you as part of their, of their class. So <laughs> no, no. Okay. So two things, two things. One, <laughs> I remember 1995. Like I, I, I remember what it was like. I was like in second grade in Mr. Cooper's class. And I did not realize that you were that young. <laughs> like, I, oh, wow. I, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I get that a lot actually, so. <laughs> so. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. I was like, oh my gosh. I, I remember that year. Like it wasn't like, oh yeah, I was born in like 1990s. Like no. <laughs> I feel older than everybody. I'm not even gonna talk about how old I was in 1995. Um, so, you talked about kind of how you went about this, but what made you decide to get a graduate degree versus just working with your family business and gaining more experience through the business itself? Yeah, so uh, Kosovo being a young country in itself uh, means that also business here is, is young. So there isn't any tenured executives here. There's not a lot of people that you can really learn from. And so I thought this is a great opportunity to, to get those skills in the most developed economy in the world where people have been doing this kind of stuff for years and really going through through the curriculum of, of these schools and their websites and, and talking to, to students uh, really convinced me that this thing will ultimately just improve my, my skill set 
and just change my perspective on business. And it absolutely has done that. So you were working in marketing before you, you said you started at the register. Right. What parts of the business had you not touched, if any, before you came to business school? Well, finance is a big one. I had done basic accounting courses in undergrad, and so I was aware of the chart of accounts and P&Ls and what have you, but I, I wasn't really schooled in the finer details. And so from a financial perspective, from a finance perspective, really the MBA experiences, that's where I've gained the most. Uh, I have a way better understanding as to how, how the numbers in the business work and, and how cash flow works and how to manage revenue and all that. Do you feel coming from the experience of working with your family business that you've been able to contribute to classes in ways that maybe your classmates don't have as much experience? And like, what classes did you feel like you really shined in because of, of the things that you'd done before coming? Uh, yeah, that, that would be marketing. And it, it's not really connected to the family business. It's just that I had I had the lucky opportunity to be involved with brands like Nike and Adidas, which are pure marketing brands and have some of the coolest campaigns out there. And yeah, they, they would do these global campaigns. And then I was in charge of sort of doing the local version of those and working with influencers, doing photo shoots for global products. That really gave me a unique perspective that I was just eager to share that in, in marketing classes. And yeah, I've shared videos of the campaigns we've done and people have just given me really positive feedback on those. Oh. A big part of, I think, the business school experience is recruiting and preparing for either pivoting into some new role or testing different things out. But you're in a unique right. position because you had a family business that you came from, and then you know you have the option to go back to that. So I'm wondering what your first year looked like when everyone was kind of stressing out about internships, did you know that you were going to go back and work in the family business over the summer? Or did you want to have some different experience so that you could, I don't know, diversify your skill set even more? Right. Yeah, so definitely going into it, I, I was kind of set in my ways that I want to go back to the, to the business. Uh, just because it's, a, like I said, it's a now in the second generation business with me and we're not a big family and so I, I kind of felt also an obligation to really contribute to the business uh, and I also love it that, that also helped a lot so uh, definitely I did play with the idea of having an internship in one of those sports companies like Nike or Adidas and I did try to do that went to the National Black Conference interacted with peeps from Nike had great feedback from them and then we just in conversation with them decided that it's Maybe it's not the best thing to have an internship with them, but rather uh, try to, to stay in touch with local regional offices that they have in, in this part of the world and, and develop the, the, their brands in, in, in Kosovo that way. And in terms of seeing other people do recruiting, I definitely had like a, a bird's eye perspective of that, seeing everyone just stress out and attend all these events, like all day marathons. And it was uh, admirable in many, in many ways. Yeah, I didn't do much of much of that. Attended a couple of company presentations just just for the experience. I remember I did Amazon because I I thought it would be cool to see how how such a large company actually goes about recruiting. That was a fun experience, but I never had intentions of joining it. 
Yeah, that whole recruiting experience is um, very unique to business school in a way that I, right. I didn't really have any concept of it before coming to school. And then when I started, I thought, how is this how everyone does it? It feels, um, yeah. it, it feels alien, but it, it all works out for everybody, but it's kind of a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off running around because no one's taking the same path and no one's doing the same things. And so you see all of these experiences of your classmates and it's a lot of, um, trying to figure out what's the right move for you. So I, I'm interested mm -hmm. because you were watching it kind of from afar, did you ever have a moment where you thought, am I making the right choice of kind of going back to my family business? Did you ever have that kind of hesitation of, of that? Because I feel like so much of business school for a lot of people that I've talked to has been kind of a deeper, um, self-reflection experience than many anticipated before starting? Yeah, that's a great question. And at times I did have some of those feelings, uh, but deep down in my heart, I, I, I always felt like going back to the business was the right thing. And then through some of the courses that, that Kingdom Flagler offers, which are unique compared to other schools, uh, they have this entire enrichment concentration on, on family business. And I did take those classes. They have family business one and then family business two. And then it, it's a mixed course between graduates and undergrads. It's like a seminar thing. And you have speakers coming in every, every class. And those are people from huge, huge companies in, in the States, um, multi-generational companies, some of them even in like the fifth generation, th things that I couldn't ever have imagined to a company being in the fifth generation and how it worked for the family council and, and, and all of that going on and so that was just like an extra motivation for me to to sort of confirm my my intuition that going back is the right thing to see what a company can become down the line you said that there's an enrichment in family business is right what is the difference if you know between an enrichment and a concentration and the second part is, is the family business enrichment the one where the professor buys dinner for the students every week? Because I saw that class in McCall and I always wanted to take it. And I think that it was either an entrepreneurship or a family business class. I just wanted to take it because there was food literally every Monday. Ryan's checking out <laughs> yeah. what his options are for getting some free snacks. <laughs> I mean, it's too late no, now. But... Yeah, it's, it's a great class. And we had people with backgrounds in family business. And we also had some other folks who really were not involved in family business, were just kind of interested in the topic. And, and I think they got a, a lot out of, the, out of the course too, because you may not necessarily be involved in family business right now, but uh, you, you might start your own thing and it might turn into a family business. So it definitely adds value to everyone, I think. And in, in terms of free food, uh, yeah, you had the option of signing up for, for dinners with, with the speakers before the actual class session. And yeah, lunch was provided. It was a great informal talk where people, where the speakers would kind of go off the record and share things from how the, the inner workings of the company, which are always, always interesting uh, in a family settings. So there, there's always drama that you can't even imagine. So that was great. And then going back to the difference between an enrichment and a concentration, uh, I'm not really sure, but I think an enrichment is only a couple of courses, and you can take those in addition to, a, to concentrations. Like, there's no limit to 
like they, they don't play in into your concentrations at all. When you were figuring out your class schedules and things, were there specific topics that you wanted to make sure because you're going back to working with your family business that you wanted to focus on? Or are you looking at being more of a generalist and having a, a broad base of information? What was your approach to that? Yeah, being a generalist was something that I that I had in mind uh, because I see myself serving as as the chief as a, as a chief executive of the of the company, and you kind of need to to be schooled in all in all aspects of running a business. So, like I said, finance was a big thing that I improved on, and, and then in operations, even though I had experience in operations, getting the actual theory and then the math behind it was a great value add for me. Also, took courses in marketing. So, yeah, overall, I've been schooled in all the main silos of running a business. Coming from a family business, and we were actually, we just had Adam on and we were talking about German companies and how there always seems to be family drama and then the company split, like taking Adidas, for example, and Aldi. Right. So do you have siblings that you have to kind of navigate the business with? Because I think that that does create interesting dynamics when you not only have mm -hmm. familial relations, but you also have business relations. Yeah, so my siblings, I have a brother and a sister. They're both younger than me. Our sister just graduated from college last year. Uh, she's still figuring out what she wants to do with her life. Uh, I think she's the one that might end up ultimately not being part of the, of the business. She has, yeah, like, ambitions in, in policy, that's what she wants to do. And so she did an internship in, in a public institution and wants to pursue government. Yeah, the younger brother is just entered college. He's more into, into software, into uh, coding. And they're both actually involved in, in the business because like me, they've grown up with it. They, they've lived from it. And so they both help out as much as they can. But my sister, I don't see her playing a part over the long run. And the brother is just too young at this point to, to really know. Uh, I'm trying to, to always get them involved as much as possible so they get a feel for it. And it ultimately helps uh, inform their decision in the future. And then in terms of dilemmas, it absolutely creates interesting dynamics because you see those people all day in the office and then you, you go back home and there's the, the dinner table. And then it's hard to separate the two. Uh, so sort of business talk keeps going for 24 hours, really. On vacation, it's still all about business. Yeah, well, I'm not in a family business, but I've been working very closely in proximity to my husband thanks to COVID. And I can definitely empathize with spending all your days and then all your nights with your family and, and how those things can bleed together. Yeah. I think you're in a really unique position because of COVID, you've, you've moved back home and, and you've also been working full-time with the family business while taking right. classes. Can you talk a little bit about what your experience has been like with that? Yeah, so right after the pandemic sort of became a, a thing on a global scale, I had to take a snap decision. What was happening was the government in Kosovo decided to basically shut down the border and they issued like a 48 hour window where if people wanna come back, this is your 48 hours. And we were on spring break back then between uh, the spring and, and the fall and spring semester of first year. And I was planning to go to Cancun that, that night. And so about to board to, to leave for the airport, I said, this doesn't seem like the right thing to do. Things might change just so quickly. And I had this gut feeling that I should just go back for now, seeing that the mod might move virtually. 
I thought it's best to be here and really help navigate the company through those difficult times. And yeah, I made that decision. And ever since I've been back here, it's been definitely challenging. There's a time zone difference. And between working and attending school, that's at times it's been just overwhelming. You're in the office all day and then in the evening you're taking classes and then there's assignments to papers to write and really balancing the two has been really, really difficult, but so far it's, it's, it's been going smoothly and yeah, I've, I've grown as a person because of it. Did you have to do anything special? For example, you kind of benefit because you're six hours ahead of Chapel Hill. So if you had, let's say, yeah. an 8 a.m. course, the 8 a.m. in Chapel Hill would be, would be two. Yeah. yeah, two. That so do you just block your schedule out or what strategies did you come up with to make sure that you can dedicate time to being in class and you have right. a, an actual work day that you're able to interact with, you know, clients or employees or what have you? Right, right. Yeah, so I'm always trying to, to schedule my meetings in the company uh, in the morning and, and, and organize, coordinate with the team in the morning and then try to attend as many lectures as possible. I've, I've never sort of broken that two absence thing that we have going on. We got penalized after missing more than two classes. So that's never happened to me. I've never missed more than two, but I always try to miss two <laughs> if possible. <laughs> Uh, and I tried to, to is, that, really is that still a thing? Like, are they really checking for that anymore? <laughs> Depends on the I'm not sure. I was just want, I just wanted to be on the safe side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, well, I, I've had classes uh, late in the evening where just had to turn off the camera and kind of go to bed and just try to listen. That was like my go to sleep tune <laughs> the actual texture lullabies of operations or yeah, right. <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> no that's I think you know it's something that I think we all forget when we're in our own moment how different each person's experiences can be and I think that's mm -hmm. definitely a challenge that most of our classmates don't have trying to balance those things and so I think it's probably has been a really big growth opportunity for you, but really admirable, I think, to be committed in such a way to your family business and to your education to do both. Those are mm -hmm. not normal experiences. Most people, you know, take online classes where there's like asynchronous options when they're still working, they're not taking a full-time full -time course. Right. So that's just really amazing. And I think you deserve a lot of kudos for that. That's just not something that's easy to do. Yeah, well, thank you. And I hope it motivates anyone listening that it is doable if, if it ever comes to that in the future. And it's definitely rewarding and it's tough while you go through it, but over, over, over the long term, it will make it stronger for sure. So I have a question about your general experience as an international student. You had the benefit of, you know, moving to Chapel Hill, actually experiencing it. For anybody that is unfamiliar, Chapel Hill is very much a college town. You know when the undergrads are there, you know when they aren't. <laughs> right. So I'm wondering kind of like, what is your experience being from outside the US and then coming into 
a, a city and a university that has such a an established presence, not, not, not necessarily just in Chapel Hill or in the Triangle, but in the state of North Carolina. Yeah, so uh, I also kind of had the, I was better off than maybe compared to some other internationals because uh, I had the experience to live in the States before. Uh, I was part of a work and travel program. What that is, is, is an exchange program that you send undergrads in their second or third year to the States for the summer to do basically like menial jobs. It could be jobs in retail. Uh, I was working in Rehoboth Beach in Delaware for three months. It was an absolutely amazing experience. So I had exposure to American culture and actually living in the States. After that, I did travel all over for about two, three weeks, mostly on the East Coast. And so I, I was already kind of familiar as to what to expect in the States, not necessarily what to expect from a college town. That was still something unknown. So I had my doubts about Chapel Hill, just looking at drone footage really on YouTube and like, oh, this seems like a really beautiful place, but it seems kind of small. I was expecting a dull life, but it wasn't anything like that. Like the entire sports culture, the, the undergrad life there, and the, just the amount of students on campus. It's just, yeah, something that really left an impression on me and I absolutely loved it. Loved being every second there and uh, it's a place that I'll remember for the rest of my life and I'll, I'll make an effort to, to go back as often as possible. Yeah, I think that that concept that Chapel Hill is a small town and that you won't find anything to do is something I hear a lot because we get yeah. students from like New York or Chicago and they think, oh, this is like a tiny town in the middle of North Carolina, like what am I going to do? But there's like 30,000 undergraduate students and so there is a huge population of people and things that to go on. So I think that's a great perspective to bring for really anyone who's listening, yeah. because I think we forget, <laughs> I, I forget what it's like to be around people at all because I hang out in my living room, but I think we forget what it's like <laughs> going like right now. Um, your perceptions are just so different depending on where you're coming from. We've had a recent addition to our core values and we would just love to hear which of the six right. core values really resonate with you. And when you think of Keenan Flagler, which of them stands out as the most important in your mind? This is like my international perspective on things. Out of the six core values, I think integrity is the one that stands out to me because I come from a culture where integrity isn't always what's uh, on everyone's mind. It's not how the one value which people live their lives by. Oftentimes things are not done contractually. There's like, weak rule of law contracts are not enforced and so going to the states and then to unc specifically and just seeing the academic culture where you could have people 20 people in a room taking an exam and not not anyone's looking at what the others are doing that's for an international student and i'm i'm sure this applies to most international students it's just something that it's it's kind of shocking you're saying like really no no one's no one's really monitoring you and you're not gonna try to, to cheat the system and just nobody has an intention of doing that. And it just shows you how important integrity is. And, and, it, and it shows you that it's the normal way how things should be. And so that's really stuck with me. And I try to apply it to everything I do in life. So Robert, are you a part of any clubs or organizations at Canaan Flagler? And if so, uh, which ones? 
Yeah, I'm part of the family business club where we have, it's not really super active. Uh, it used to be in the first year when we had conferences and everything. Uh, right now it's gotten a little quiet, but I've enjoyed being part of that club. And outside of that, I'll, I've been a member in a few clubs, but not really an active participant just because of my time constraints. While Even while I was in the States, I would still spend a couple of hours coordinating with a team back home and, and working with them. So I felt like I didn't have a lot of time to, to join the clubs, but uh, definitely the club culture at UNC is, is interesting. And I would encourage anyone to not encourage, but just be aware that it's something that it, if you have the desire for, there's plenty of options. So what are your next steps on the horizon? What's, what's your post MBA plan? Graduation. It's in May. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, graduation is something which I hope we can have at least some sort of ceremony because I definitely want to come back. And so fingers crossed on that in terms of actually what I want to do post post MBA. I've already started implementing many of the things that I've learned in the classes, uh, whatever's going on in digital marketing and, and operations and really bringing some of the techniques and and some of the models and, and into the firm and it's really paying dividends already right now we're looking to, to expand the business we've managed to have a great year in 2020 there was no significant decrease in sales we actually had a slight increase and then just managed our expenses really good and so it's been overall a much better year than we expected and uh, that's giving us confidence moving forward that everything's going to be better in the future and now we're looking to, to grow the existing business in, in, in retail and then diversify into, into other industries, which is something that really the MBA experience has, has taught me is the way to go forward, especially in, in an industry that is slowly going to reach maturity. And in that, in that vein, just today, actually, uh, we, we made an investment for half the shares in a digital marketing company, which is run by, by one of my close friends that I've known since forever and been talking to him for a couple of months and yeah today we made the investment and now we're officially in the digital marketing space and i'm really excited to for the opportunity to reach out to to my peers at unc and see if they need a digital marketing partner and <laughs> yeah see I'm, I'm excited to really take this thing international because we have great potential we have amazing young talent in this country labor is cheap and i see great great potential in doing business with internationally in that space. That's awesome. What a great chance for you to leverage the network that you've made so far of some super smart people and you've worked in teams with them here. So you have an idea of what they're like, yeah. <laughs> which is always nice when you're putting Absolutely. a business together. That's really awesome. We're so grateful for you to take the time, especially with the time difference to chat with us and share your experience and your journey to Keenan Flagler and just really excited for all the opportunities that you have on the horizon for you and your family business and just really, really excited to see what you do next. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And thank you guys for, for this, for taking the time and energy for this project. I think it's a great tool for prospective students and for anyone listening really to get insights into what life as a Target MBA is like. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Sky, produced by the Dean's Fellows at UNC Keenan Flagler Business School. Our theme song is Exactly by Ketza. We'll be back with another episode soon. 
But until then, always remember, we all live under one sky, and it's Carolina Blue. And I, I honestly think nobody tries to cheat because we don't have time because the exams are so long and you look at them and it's like, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't have time to do anything else but worry about this exam.